1: Welcome to A Slob Comes Clean, the podcast. I'm Dana White. I blog over at aslobcomesclean.com. That's where I share my personal deslobification process as I figure out ways to get my own home under control. I share the truth about cleaning and organizing strategies that actually work in real life for real people who don't necessarily love cleaning and organizing. I'm also the author of the new book, How to Manage Your Home Without Losing Your Mind. It is available wherever books are sold online, and it's being found in more and more physical bookstores. I've personally found it in multiple Barnes & Noble, in Mardell, Family Christian Store, and it's supposed to be in Books A Million as well. So um, thanks for joining me today. I, this is podcast number 112, and I'm calling it Simpler Christmas. But before we get to that, our sponsor for this podcast is Linda Sears, independent distributor of Lilla Rose. Lilla Rose creates unique hair accessories that are as beautiful as they are practical. She sent me one and I love it. It's incredibly comfortable, left my hair with no strange bumps in it if you know what I'm talking about, and didn't damage my hair the way some metal clips have in the past. Check the show notes for the link to Linda's Lilla Rose store, or go to aslobcomesclean.com slash Lilla Rose, all one word to get the link. Okay. So we're talking about a simpler Christmas. Before we get to that though, I'm going to tell you that, um, at the end of the podcast, I have kind of an exciting, um, thing to tell you about. So Make sure you listen all the way to the end or fast forward if you don't want to hear about simpler Christmas. So I'm talking about simpler Christmas and this is along the same lines as me realizing as I basically grow up, I feel like that better is good. You know, where I used to think, okay, well I have to finish this spot or what's the point. Instead realizing, wow, just making this spot better is so much more effective than I ever thought it would be to not actually make it perfect. Like better is good and less is good. You know, realizing I have a podcast, um, a concept, it's in the book as well, um, on uh, how to declutter without making a, a bigger mess. And the basic idea is, I don't have a keep box and I take things where they go the minute that I've answered my two decluttering questions. And when I do that, no matter when I get distracted, because that's going to happen, the space is better off than it was before. I don't make a bigger mess. And the beauty of that is that I don't make a bigger mess. The, I don't, I don't consider it a downside, but I would consider it something that, um, would be like, well, but you know, is that really perfect? Um, which nothing is anyway, is that, you know, I, I can be done basically, you know, it's me accepting the fact that I am going to get distracted. Okay. Where I used to live in this world where I was like, no, I can't get distracted. I can't get distracted. And then I would get distracted and everything would fall apart. Where instead me just saying, you know, Okay. I know I'm going to get distracted. Yes. In an ideal world that I totally don't live in, I would not get distracted and I would finish this from beginning to end. And the traditional way of doing things by having a keep box and blah, 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 that would all be a great idea. Except that I don't live in an ideal world. I live in my world and in my world, I'm going to get distracted and I'm not going to be able to finish this all in one sitting. If I can, great. I've still done it. If I can't, which is 99.99999% of the time, then at least there's less. And I've started to see the beauty of just having less, less stuff. Even though it's not perfect, I am benefiting from there being less stuff in this space or in my home overall or whatever. So along those lines, that's where I'm talking about a simpler Christmas. It's December as I record this, and as I will put it up today, because that's how I roll. Um, it's December 9th. So things are crazy right now. I mean, we have my husband's work party tonight. We have, um, just, we have two more parties, two parties in our house. I'll tell you that. That's enough stress for anybody. Um, two parties in our house over the next four days. So it, it's, this is crazy. We've got band concerts. We've got choir concerts. We have basketball games. We have basketball practices. It It's just an insane time of year. And so, you know, in my book, if you've read it, I start each chapter with a fantasy and a reality. Well, my fantasy for Christmas would have been, I want to create a meaningful Christmas for my family so that they will understand the real meaning behind Christmas, but it will also be a special and beautiful time, whatever. And then my reality often becomes, um, we're at the end of December and I don't even know what happened. You know, (laughs) I mean, that's, that's just the truth, you know, and for me, It has kind of always been that way with motherhood. And part of that is because I am a theater person. Well, I stopped teaching and had kids, or I had kids, so I stopped teaching. Um, But the thing that I would get called on to do, I would get hired um, to do, uh, to direct a Christmas production at our church that we went to when my boys were little and, um, and you know, then we moved from there whatever. And I still, I, I direct Christmas productions. That's just kind of my thing that lets me do that thing. That's not just motherhood for me. Do you know what I mean? Um, but it was kind of like, you know, this is my opportunity. This is the time when people want drama, the good kind. So I would do that. Well, the first year that I did it, I guess my, um, First year I did it all by myself would have been the year that my, oh yeah, that was the year I had a a baby baby. Anyway, it it was crazy. I mean, it was like, even though technically the production was the first weekend of December, I mean, I would, it was just a whirlwind because I tend to hyper focus on things And because that's part of my problem, the project mentality, and I love a project and I throw myself into it. So I would hope hyper-focus on that. And then I would be like, oh, my word, Christmas is here. And it would just, you know, then the guilt would pile on that I wasn't doing everything. And, oh, I'm so thankful that was the days before Pinterest anyway, but I wasn't doing everything that I'd always dreamed I would do and really cool ideas that I'd heard of or seen in a magazine or whatever. But this... It forced me to say, okay, well, what's actually important? What really has to get done? And over the years, which I honestly think that's the process that it is for everybody, is over the years, you kind of start to go, yeah, we tried that once and it didn't work. So we're not going to try that this year. And then when I hear another idea that's pretty similar to the one that was a complete and epic failure, I'm going to know ahead of time. Yeah, that doesn't really work for us. You know, and so just kind of narrowing things down. I used to think it was sad that um my grandparents wouldn't decorate for Christmas. Like I just thought that was so so sad. And then, <laughs> after being a, a mom for like 2 days, um no, I mean for a couple of years, I was like, "Yeah, I totally get it. I can see how they're like, oh, "Okay all right. You know, um, and for me, I, in some ways I have certain areas that I like to put out. Like our favorite thing is my Santa Claus pictures where I've had the kids take pictures with Santa Claus. It's going to be weird this year. Cause they're all like pretty much full grown, but guess what? We're doing it anyway. Um, but <clears throat> cause that is the, that is the one picture that I have where I see I've done it every single year at the same time. Last year, my husband was in the hospital for three days before Christmas. So that kind of threw everything off. He got out, I guess it was on Christmas Eve. And I was like, am I really going to take, go to the mall for this on Christmas Eve? Anyway, so we ended up having a friend who takes pictures and she owns a Santa Claus costume. Um, her husband put it on and we took pictures. It was with him. So anyway, amazingly, it looks pretty good. Um, but you know, so I have that I have a stocking collection, which I thought I was going to make an epic collection that would one day cover my entire dining room wall. Um, And I don't think I've added a stocking to that in years and years and years. But hey, I put it out. I put out my stocking collection. I have my Wizard of Oz stuff that I put out because that has been kind of my justification for that kind of stuff. The first things that I collected of Wizard of Oz were um, Christmas themed back in 1989. I remember because that was the 50th anniversary, but I collected, I had those. And then people started giving me all this Wizard of Oz stuff. And I'm like, where am I going to put this? Cause I like, what am I going to do with it? And so I just put it out at Christmas and it's a fun little thing that I put out at Christmas. Um, you know, our Christmas tree is mostly decorated with memories. It's, we try to get an ornament at each, you know, vacation that we go on which has ended up being a really good thing. Cause then that means that, yes, we have something that brings back that memory, but we don't have to have it out all the time. You know, so we've kind of narrowed things down to, these are the things that are important to us. This is what we put out. And I would say probably over the years of my deslobification process, I have purged a lot of Christmas decorations that I'm like, yeah, I really don't like that. I really don't, you know, just kind of saying it's okay to just narrow things down. So I have some ideas just for, Making sure, not making sure, for just kind of taking that pressure off and saying, okay, it's not going to be perfect and that's not what I have to do. What are some things that I could do that would make it special but not stressful? because there's enough stress that goes at this time of year anyway, without adding that stress on, stress onto myself. Um, I have a few other podcasts that are Christmas related that I'll link to in the show notes for this podcast. Number one Don't forget if you would like the show notes delivered specifically to your inbox. Every time a new podcast goes out, go to a slash podcasts with an S and sign up there for that email list. Um, Okay. So I have one called Traditions Happen. And this is something that I had to realize as a mom, if you have young kids, um, you know, if you're like, I was in the beginning, I was like, well, I have to create traditions. And then I would think what create, what tradition did I create? Or wow, we did that last year. And I said, it was going to be a tradition. And then we never did it again. And now I feel horrible because I didn't create a tradition. I realized a couple years ago, that um, traditions happen. Like the reason that they're traditions is not necessarily because somebody orchestrated it because, but because it happens. Um, and the example I give is when we were, um, it was a, it was a, after Thanksgiving a couple years ago, we'd come home and we were like, it was the Saturday or whatever after Thanksgiving, Friday or Saturday, whatever, we came home. It does not matter. I don't know why I'm going on about that. But anyway, um, we're like, okay, we're going to watch Elf. And the kids were like, oh, and we're going to get Chinese food because that's our tradition. And I was like, what are you talking about? And they're like, well, we always do that. After the first, you know, weekend after Thanksgiving, we watch Elf and eat Chinese food. And I was like, really? You know, and, and it just kind of gave me this freedom of tradition is happening, whether I'm orchestrating it or not. And I started thinking about it, and I was like, I guess that's probably true. Elf is our first favorite Christmas movie to watch. So we watch it first and we usually get Chinese food because we're like, yeah, we're kind of done with Thanksgiving food. Now we want something different. And so that, that is just, was such a relief to me to realize, "Ah, okay, even if I don't orchestrate things, traditions are happening naturally on their own, which is kind of the best way anyway. Okay. Um, basically as you start to think about your Christmas time, this month, hold on. Ooh, sorry. Um, as you start to think about Christmas and this, this month, think about which things make you happy and which things don't. Like sometimes I will forget over the course of a year that, oh yeah, that actually was not fun at all. Not the least bit fun. And sometimes I need to stop and think, okay, this sounds like a good idea, but we've tried it four different times and it was always completely miserable. So, do the things that make you happy, don't do the things that don't. Obviously, there are some things like perhaps a work party, I don't know. Um, in case anybody from my husband's work is listening, I'm not talking about you, but but really, the, I mean, you know, maybe there's things that there are always things that I'm like, "Well, if I had a choice, I wouldn't do that, but I really don't have a choice." So, Since there are plenty of things that I don't have a choice about, the things that I do have a choice about really analyzing, does this actually make our family happy or is it always constantly a disaster? Um, And then making decisions that way. Um, One of the things that my mom does at Thanksgiving, if, um, you know, as we have somebody who's there that maybe we don't know as well, somebody's gotten married, whatever. um, She'll ask people, she's like, okay, what is the one dish that makes you feel like it's Thanksgiving. She's like, what what's the food that when you think about Thanksgiving, you think about that food? Because the truth is our family really doesn't do sweet potato casserole. But if we have somebody new and their very favorite thing about Thanksgiving is sweet potato casserole, then she's gonna make that to make sure that they don't come to Thanksgiving and leave going, well, I didn't really feel like Thanksgiving. Well, I love that idea and applying that to if we have to make decisions at dinner one night, say, okay, what's the thing that makes you feel like it's Christmas? You know, what's the thing that we do around Christmas time that makes you feel like it's Christmas? And I'm always amazed with my kids, the things that I'm like, really, that, that's what you choose. Okay. Well, great. Cause that's easy, you know, or whatever. I'm always amazed, but you know, just ask, taking the time to say, okay, what's the one thing That for you, that's Christmas. And then focus on those things. Um, Special can also be simple. Okay, these are just some ideas. Food obviously has a lot to do with Christmas, Um, not the real story of Christmas, but the actual what we live um, year by year. So just ideas for making that very simple. We, um, for Christmas dinner, now we do the turkey and we do all the traditional stuff for Thanksgiving. I know there are people who do a turkey or a ham or whatever, and a big fancy dinner for Christmas, but my, my family does it. And my husband's family doesn't. So it's kind of funny to me that, um, you know, two different families basically have given up on that quite a long time ago. I think my mother-in-law did it for years, but, um, when I came into my husband's family, they basically would, they would get trays of things like, a tray of um, cocktail shrimp from Red Lobster, or a tray of sandwiches from Schlotsky's, or um, you know whatever. And those kinds of things, it was like, well, that's what we're going to do for Christmas. And those things are special, and they're fun, and they're different, and it takes a lot of pressure off. Um, my family, years and years and years ago, um, came up with the my mother. I will not say my family decided, but my mother did she'd heard somebody talk about how they had fajitas every christmas and so she was like well that's a good idea and so she, that's what we do and for us the men make them which over the years you know in the beginning it was my brother and my dad and then it was my brother and my dad and my husband and then it was um you know my cousin and my uncle and they would be there now the boys are you know the boys in the family the grandkids in the family are teenagers and so they help too. And, you know, it's, it's, it's fun. It's neat because my, um, you know, my 13 year old now, I remember last year he came home and he was like, okay, well, I want to start making guacamole. Cause I learned how to make guacamole and I, it's really easy and I like it, you know? And so it's, it's just fun. Cause they learn things. They, um, it's just a tradition. It's fun for them. It's fun for the women that we don't have to cook it for that meal. Um, but that's what we do. So, you know, going ahead and saying, well, let's try this let's try this this year. Maybe it'll become a tradition. Maybe it won't become a tradition, but it can be fun. We did, um, we grilled out steaks one time for my, uh, in-laws for my husband's side of the family. Now, the bad part of that is that in Texas, you have no idea. It could be 70 degrees on Christmas day and absolutely gorgeous. And everybody plays outside all day, or it could be 17 degrees. And that's what it was that year. So that was, that's kind of a joke a little bit. We're like, oh, yeah, we thought it'd be a great idea to grill out. And then it was freezing. Um, but some other things too, as far as cookies, I know there's a lot of, you know, so many Christmas desserts out there. Um, but some of the simplest ones are the ones that we love the most.
0: You should celebrate yourself every day. But some days you should celebrate with jewelry.
1: Off plus free shipping on their best selling frame. That's a u r a frames.com. Use code CLEAN at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Projects, so many projects. Taking care of all the things gets overwhelming. So when I get that feeling of overwhelm, I know I need to take steps to make my mental well being a priority. Having someone to talk to, like a BetterHelp therapist, can really help. This time of year, is always busy. But with my youngest child graduating from high school, we have lots of extra projects that need my attention. I know from experience that these are the times when it feels extra helpful and essential to talk through my emotions with my therapist. BetterHelp makes it easy to connect with a licensed therapist. The online platform simplifies the process. It's accessible and affordable. After answering a short questionnaire, you can choose whether you prefer to meet via phone call, video, or live chat. And you can plan your sessions at your convenience to suit your schedule. Find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash clean today to get 10% off your first month. That's com slash clean. I love peppermint bark. So what I do, if I'm feeling super um, homemade-y, I will take the softer, it's like the Bob's peppermint, softer peppermints, um, put them in a Ziploc bag, smash them with a hammer, or just go buy the pre-smashed peppermint, which is what I've gotten to where I do more and more every year. Anyway, that plus, um, the white almond bark it's in the baking section, usually on the top shelf for some reason. Anyway, um, I melt the almond bark in the microwave, according to the directions. I add a little drop of peppermint extract I sprinkle some of that chopped, uh, peppermint in there. And then I spread it on wax paper or parchment paper and stick it in the fridge to let it cool and harden again. And then I just break it up. And then I have peppermint bark. And for some reason, peppermint bark feels like Christmas, like that tastes like Christmas to everybody. And people love it. Like, Oh, I love peppermint bark. And you're like, this honestly takes me. About 10 minutes to make at the most. I mean, it's probably the easiest possible thing to make, but it feels like Christmas. Um, and one of the things that we like to do is decorate cookies. Well, there are years where we make the cookies from scratch, but then I found those little cookie mixes. The, it's like the Betty Crocker, they also have them in Aldi, and it's in the little package, kind of a soft package of sugar cookie mix and you add like butter, I don't know what else. Anyway, those taste better to me. I know this is awful for you foodies, but those taste more like the kind of sugar cookie I actually like than any sugar cookie recipe I have ever found. I am not a huge fan of the soft and floury sugar cookies. I like the kind that honestly, it's probably because it's mostly butter. Anyway, that's a little bit crispy, whatever. Those are my favorite, the melt in your mouth kind. And that's what those little packages are. And when I realized that, I went, oh, okay, well, all right. So give it a try and see, you know, give yourself that grace to say, we make sugar cookies every year. When are we going to do that? We are so overwhelmed this year. We'll go get that. Or sometimes if I'm really crunched for time, I will get the break and bake kind, you know, or the slice and bake sugar cookies, and then give everybody, um, you know, go get some of those little, they, they have such amazing things now in the baking aisle, as far as the icings and frostings and all like things where you can basically write in frosting and decorate. I mean, that's kind of the age that my kids are at. They're not at the age where they just put a colored frosting on it. They want to actually do something a little more creative. And so they'll, you know, ride on it or whatever. So there's instead of it having to be rolled out sugar cookies with shapes and all that, if you don't have time for that, just slice and bake and let them have the different colored frostings to draw pictures on them or whatever. Um, but that they taste the same in the end. And the fun is the being together and being creative so that that's one way to kind of, all right. Um, our favorite, Christmas, our tradition. And this is because I did it a year or two. And then I went, okay, we love this and this is easy. And this works for us is, um, our Christmas morning breakfast. My daughter and I will make these the night before and put them in the fridge. So they're ready to just go into the oven while we're opening our first couple of presents, our sausage strudels. These are the best things you've ever eaten. Oh my word. So basically well, not basically. What it is, is Pepperidge Farm Pef Pastry. There is a place and a time for Pillsbury Crescent Rolls. This is not the time and place for that. Okay. Nothing compares to Pepperidge Farm Pef Pastry. You get it in the freezer aisle or in the freezer section next to the pie crusts. Okay. So go to the pie crust and look, and it's in a, it's like in a rectangular, um, white box Pepperidge Farm puff pastry. Sometimes they don't have it, um, but you want the puff pastry sheets, not the little. They'll have little circular things or whatever. You don't want that. You want the puff pastry sheets. And I'm just going to tell you that when I used to watch cooking shows all the time, even the major chefs, this is what they would use. They were like, "Why would I make my own?" Puff pastry. When this is so easy, anyway, so it comes in two sheets per per package, and basically one sheet of puff pastry goes with one pound of breakfast sausage. Okay, not sausage links or whatever, but the ground breakfast sausage. So, what I do is I let the puff pastry thaw according to the directions and then I um fold it out and I roll it out to make it even, make it a little bit bigger. And then um each each puff pastry comes in three so there's two sheets and each sheet is folded into three sections. So it's folded over itself. One of those sections actually I don't roll it out before I break those off. So I break off a section from one of the sheets. I take a third of a pound of the breakfast sausage. I roll it up like a Play-Doh worm, you know, like a Play-Doh snake. And I put it down the center of that third of a sheet of puff pastry, which has been, you know, rolled out. And then I fold the puff pastry around that um, long, thin roll of breakfast sausage. And then I cut it into small bite-sized pieces and then I cook it according to the pef pastry, um, directions. The sausage is raw when I put it in there and it cooks as the pef pastry cooks. Y'all, that is the best thing you've ever put in your mouth. And it feels like Christmas and it feels special, but it is so easy. And on Christmas morning, all I'm doing is sticking it in the oven and setting the timer. I have occasionally forgotten to set the timer and then it kind of burned, but whatever. Um, set the timer and we go about our business doing our thing. And we have a breakfast that feels really special, but it took maybe, I don't know, 20 minutes of work the night before and no work that morning at all. So I do that. I slice up some fruit and that's our Christmas morning breakfast. And so, you know, little things like that, that for some reason, I don't make those all the time even though they're great enough that I could, but it's like, it just works really well for Christmas. Um, and it's just a little bit different than our normal thing. It's a little special. Um, other ideas of things to make, like maybe on Christmas day or Christmas Eve or whatever, if you have a meal where it's just your family and you're like, I really want it to be something fun and special, but I really don't want to be in the kitchen all day. Um, this is something that a friend of mine did at her kid's third birthday party when my kid was little, and I was like, "These are so good!" And why have I never done this before? But I actually have this as a picnic idea, and that is a sub sandwich. If you think about it, a foot long sub or whatever, a six foot sub, feels very partyish, right? Well, there's something about that. I don't. I don't know what it is, but it feels. Fun and it feels special. So get a front a loaf of French bread from the grocery store. It's a $1 dollar or a dollar ninety nine, and or where whatever it is where you are, get a loaf of French bread. Cut it down the center. Um, okay, so if it's laying flat, as it normally would, you know, cut it down. I'm trying to think how to say it in words. Anyway, you're cutting it one time all the way down the middle. So you take the whole top off and put lunch meats there. You know, like this is the time when I will go to the deli and have them slice it and get all the really good stuff. Um, You know, cover that in deli meats and put, you know, whatever it is that everybody likes. If not everybody likes mustard, great, you know, but you can also just put things out for people to doctor up their own sandwich and put the top half of the loaf back on there and then slice it up. And there's something about it that feels fun and partyish and it's so ridiculously simple, okay? Or what we do for Valentine's Day, this has become our Valentine's tradition, which is ridiculously easy, but it could be, you know, but it also feels really special is french dip sandwiches. I get a package of 6 small sandwich-sized sub rolls and I put deli roast beef I do not cook the roast beef from scratch or anything like most recipes will show you. I just get a pound of deli roast beef. I put it on those sandwiches. I cover them in provolone. I stick it under the broiler for a few minutes until the provolone is melted. I put the top on the sandwich and then I do um, canned beef broth and put it in the little ramekins that I have. And everybody can dip their sandwich in there and everybody's happy and feels like it's something special. So little things like that, that you go, Oh yeah, that's just not something we do all the time, but it doesn't have to be difficult. It's like, Oh, this is fun. If you can dip your sandwich in a ramekin of beef broth, um, you feel like it's special. You know, um, another idea that we've done before is a potato soup bar. Potato soup is, Oh, it just feels like winter and it feels Oh, I love it. Anyway, I can make that really quick, but we can also make it special. It just, people get excited when we make potato soup. So I'm going to give you my recipe, but I need you to know that I don't actually measure things when I make things. And so please, if you're determined to know exact measurements, you need to look up a recipe for a, um, for potato soup. Okay. Anyway, so I'm going to guess about how much I do. I do 12 cups of chicken broth. I boil that. I, uh, peel and cut up probably four to five large potatoes, probably six or seven cups of chopped potatoes. Um, anyway, doesn't matter that they're perfectly cut up, just cut up into smaller pieces. So they'll cook faster. I put those in the chicken broth to boil. And once they're soft, then I take my immersion blender. I'll put a link for that in the show notes, Put my immersion blender in there and blend it all up. Not while it's boiling, but anyway, I do that. Um, then here's the secret ingredient, a brick, an eight ounce package of cream cheese that is what gives it this amazing, rich, awesome flavor. So that's all I do. And y'all, if you do it and it's too thick, add more chicken broth. If it's too thin, add instant mashed potatoes. Okay. Um, because that will thicken it up. Sometimes I might actually cheat and just boil chicken broth And sprinkle in instant mashed potatoes until it's the thickness that I want, and never even boil any potatoes. I know, don't tell anyone I do that, but I only do that for at home. Anyway, but it tastes great, okay? And then you can have a potato soup bar and, you know, fry up some bacon. You know, go ahead and chop it and then fry it in the skillet. That's the easiest way to do it, and it's already in the little bacon bitty pieces um, bacon, cheese, sour cream, all those kinds of things people can put into their potato soup. And it feels really special and it's something that's fun and it's easy. Um, let me see how long I've been talking. I think I've been talking a really long time actually, haven't I? Um, 30 minutes. Okay. So, um, I'm going to stop there. Oh no, I had a couple other things. Okay. Things, um, think of what can you do where it's the same gift for everyone. One of the things that I do, and obviously this isn't going to work for this year for most of you, but it's something to start thinking about over the year, taking pictures when you're with everybody and then doing a photo calendar, either through walgreens.com or zazzle.com. It's kind of hard to work on zazzle, but um, you know, walmart.com I'm sure all of those have calendars there's lots and lots of places you can do it what's beautiful about that is it's very special people love it but at the same time you do it once and then you order however many copies you need and you cover that many gifts just by ordering the copies okay ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well Other things to think about, here's my last thing that I was going to say, Christmas pictures. We're having our Christmas pictures taken this weekend. And as my husband said, oh, we didn't do that the last couple of years. And I was like, we didn't, Oh, you know, well, we didn't have official ones taken, but we did stand in front of the Christmas tree and take a picture. And the year before, when we were at Disney, we took plenty of family selfies. Y'all, I am, th- I wish we would have had formal pictures taken but I'm still so thankful that we took a picture of our family at Christmas, even if it wasn't a fancy setting. So if you want to send out a card and you're like, ah, I don't have enough time, or you just want to put something on Facebook, do a family selfie. It's 2016. It's cute. It's funny. Do a family selfie and make that your Christmas thing. But even though it can't be perfect, oh, well, I don't have time to actually send out cards this year. Oh, well you know, I forgot to schedule something with a photographer. Oh, that's what I wanted to do. Go ahead and take that Christmas picture, even if it's in your pajamas in front of the Christmas tree with your iPhone and doing it as a selfie on Christmas morning. You'll be so glad that you have those pictures later on. I'm so thankful, even though we didn't, didn't do it formally, that we took a good picture. You know, last year we were at a wedding around this time and And we had a great family picture taken and I'm, no, we didn't go do something formal where it looks like we're all models and the sun is beautiful and blah, blah, blah. It's just a picture. And I'm so thankful that I took it. So using this time of year to go, we need a family picture. However, we make that happen. We need a family picture. Well, I'll be so glad I have it. Okay. So I am going to finish now because I have to go Christmas shopping today. But I also wanted to make sure that I told you about something that's exciting. Um, I have been asked for years to have a private Facebook group, and I've resisted because that scares me. It um, just scared me. Anyway, well, for those of you who pre-ordered and actually answered your emails that I sent multiple of to get into the book club Facebook group, if by chance you pre-ordered and you never saw that email go search for it email me and i can add you in and you can see the videos that we ha- that i did for the book club okay so you haven't lost out on that but through that experience i did see the amazing beauty of that private community where people were able to support one another and so it made me rethink my resistance to that over the years so i'm really excited that I am going to have as a bonus, um, a reward for people who are patrons of the podcast, a secret Facebook group. Secret means it cannot be searched on Facebook. Nobody's going to be able to see you're in there and nobody can see what you're putting in there. It will be a safe place, which means it will be highly monitored to make sure that it's a safe place environment for people to share their struggles, their successes, ask questions of one another, encourage one another. Um, And that is for those who are patrons at the $5 level. Those of you who've been patrons, I love you. And I apologize for having completely flaked this past fall. I just did. But anyway, but this Facebook group will be a way for those patrons to just have that as a nice bonus something that is a continual source of encouragement that is exclusive for them and also I will be able to do my once a month um video thing that I had flagged on the last couple times uh, less more than a couple anyway, um, within that Facebook group, cause that worked really well with the book club. So I just wanted to let you know, if you would like, if that makes you go, Ooh, well then I want to be a patron, go to patreon.com slash a slob clean. And you can do that. I will be setting that Facebook group up within the next week. And so you'll get an invitation. You'll have a form to fill out. Um, if you already are a patron, you should have gotten an email about that. If you didn't, email me at Dana at a slob comes clean and I'll send you the link to put your information in so you can get invited to the secret Facebook group. So, um, thank you for joining me today. This is podcast number one twelve. make sure you go get how to manage your home without losing your mind. My new book that will help you get your house under control and keep it that way as much as you can for someone who struggles in the way that I do. Um, and it's also available on audible.com. It's also available, uh, as a CD or an MP3 that you can listen to. And it's me reading it. So uh, make sure you go get that. And if you're doing Christmas shopping, go to com slash Amazon. And that will take you straight to Amazon's homepage through my affiliate link so you can support the show. Thanks for joining me and I will talk to you guys later. Bye.